is the base. Like we were saying, he was in the store looking at the base. And uh, he also comes from the KGB. And anyone who's in gangs and things like that, that gets me as well. I enjoy that in any case. So he was saying they were going to minister and worship, but they didn't have a bass guitar. And so many of us would just give up and say, oh, well, we don't have whatever. You know what they did? There was an old broken piano, and he took the strings out of the piano and latched it to the bass guitar so that they could praise Jesus. Hey? That's, yeah, I will not forget that story. That's amazing. Where others could have said, oh, we don't have a bass, we don't have an amp, whatever. There was a broken old piano, and they took that out and strung it to the bass guitar and played bass to worship God. That's amazing. So that's that man that told us a few stories over there. Praise God. We're so happy to have you here. Okay, last week, Thanksgiving. After, If you were not here last week, um, the message is on the computer. Please go get it because then today will make more sense. I told uh, an, an example about in Africa, if you want to go fishing, can you remember that about the pathway? If you can't remember, go listen on the computer. And after the service, Lonnie, where's Lonnie? She's got the money. Lonnie's gone with the money. <laughs> Lonnie phoned me and he said, on the way back from the service, he was speaking to his children just about the message. And Tanner, one of his boys, said to him, you really enjoyed that the picture that I gave about the pathway in your mind that when you go fishing and you trample. But then he said this as well. He said, that pathway that you create, if you do break open the bush and you make the path, not only will you be able to use it, but generations after you will be able to use that same path, which is great. So it's not just the hard work that you do for yourself, but your children and your children's children, because a good man leaves, you know, He's the God of Abraham, Isaac. It's not just about you, what Victor was saying. It's not just about you, where you are. It's, it's for other people as well. So generations after you will be able to walk on the pathway that you have made. Even though it was hard and it was difficult, but you went through it, now it's going to be so much easier for generations after you. And that's our goal. We want our children to go further and to do much further than we did. So that's on the positive side. But our mind, our brain that God gave us is so amazing. We have to understand. And Jesus said this many times in different ways. Take heed to what you hear. Be careful what you look upon. And we did a sermon a while ago. Out of the abundance of the heart, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it flow the issues of life. But there can be a bad pathway as well. And so many of us, and just in the world, there's so much bad and there's so much evil out there. And everything you see, get this, everything you hear, everything that goes in these gates, it's in your mind, it's there. It's stored. It's like a computer file somewhere in your mind. You drive down the highway, you see a billboard, you see something on there, that gets stored in here. You listen to the lyrics of a song, it's in here. You hear something that somebody says, whether it's the truth or not, it's stored in here. And it's somewhere in there. And we better make sure that what is in here is good. And what is not in here, that is not being put here by God, should not be coming out. So that pathway gets established all the time. So I'm going to take my own life in this. I learned a lot about parenting and things like that, not from my parents. They were not saved when I was young. My mom and dad did very well. 
um, they got the best they could and what they thought was the best, and they did not have good examples themselves. So I'm not woe is me poor. I'm just this is the way it was. I learned a lot from older boys and teachers at boarding schools. And I can tell you that's not the best place to learn about life is from older boys in a boarding school. And they taught me stuff and made me do stuff and I saw stuff and I was into stuff that I should never have been into, but that's just the way it was. So I learned a lot about parenting and, and things from uh, the older generation who were just a couple of years older than me. So when it came to physically being a parent, man, I need help. I need help to be a better parent, and I know that. I, there's stuff in me that should not be there. There's pathways that have been set. My arrogance that I used to walk in, my pride, all of that, that, that's still there. There's a thing in here that it wants to come out, but I have to stop it, and I know that. And all of us, God will put people around you that are better in you in certain areas that you can go to and receive help. Be humble enough to say, I see it's working in your life. How did you get there? How did you do that? Please help me. For so many times, God puts people around us to help us, and we just take it for granted that they're there, and we don't really do what they say. So I start reading a book by Danny Silk because I'm saying to people, man, this parenting thing, wow, this is, ooh, goodness me. You think you've got this dying to self down, and then you get married? <laughs> No, you've just started. You have no idea what dying to self means. And then when that starts going well, you have children. Yeah, it just starts all over again. So in any case, we have Nathan. And uh, people say, this is a good book by Danny Silk. Read it, Loving Our Kids on Purpose. So I watch. There are, there are fathers in this church that are amazing dads. I'm telling you, there are people here. I'm looking at G over there. You know, he's got four kids. What an amazing dad. I look at him and I think, how do you do it? I really do. How do you physically, practically, how do you do it? Amazing dad. He loves his kids. His family, family man. Got time to go fishing. But just an amazing example. I need to learn. I need to get around people like that who I see. They just do it so well. I need help. Tell me how you do it. So I'm reading this book by Danny Silk. Loving your kids on purpose, because I want to do better. I will, it's my birthday next week, so 40, about 40 years ago, this example happened. Nathan one morning is complaining, he's not happy, he's moaning, he's out of sorts. He's, there's no reason for him to not be happy. He's had food, he's had a nice sleep, he's got a nice bed, there's, everything is going for him. There is no reason for him to be acting the way he is. Out of my mouth comes, you want something to cry for, I'll give you something to cry for. I have not heard that for about 40 years. It's funny, but it's not. For 40 years, I have not heard that. But what happened was, a situation in my mind that was there, that was created 40 years ago, is still there. And when this situation is revisited, the only thing that can come out is that pathway that is set there. And I'm reading Danny Book, Danny Book Silk. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading that book, 
And it, he gives the exact same example. So <laughs> I'm with good company. He says he had children, he did the same, and he, you know, it was in any case. That was passed down because that's what my mom and dad used to say. That's when we, because we had food, we had a bed. There was no reason for us to be like that. And you want to try, you, you want to try, come here, I'll give you something to try for. Bam, all the you know, energy's out, I'm crying, everyone's happy, house is good, under control. You can cry, you now have a reason. Good, let's go on. So this comes out of my mouth because it was there. You get the picture I'm saying? So there's stuff there that has not been heard, I haven't seen it for 40 years. But when that circumstance is revisited, because it's in hand, it hasn't been dealt with, it just came out. So Jesus in the Bible, the disciples come to him after he's talking about the Pharisees. They come and they're angry because the disciples are not washing their hands. And Jesus says, you follow the traditions of men rather than the traditions of God. And he gives a parable. And the, and the disciples come to him. They say, hey, can Jesus please explain that to us? And in Matthew 5, verse 13 and 14, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. What is a plant? A plant is something that has grown and come forth because of a seed. And we know that God made a law that says every seed shall produce after its own kind. So now I have a plant that's bearing certain fruit in my life, which is evil. You want something to try for? I'll give you something to try for. That's an evil seed because that's not how God parents me. So now I have to change the way I parent by renewing my mind, by taking that seed which is not good out of here, that pathway that has been set, and I have to recreate a new pathway. So now I can go to the Word because Jesus goes on and he says, let them alone, they are the blind leaders of the blind. So I was just following what somebody who was blind themselves did, and praise God if I was not where I am right now and I didn't have that book and I didn't want to change, you can believe it that 40 years down the line, Nathan would be saying that to his children as well. But because of that pathway, not only will you benefit from the path, but the generation after you will also benefit from the same pathway. Nathan will never, ever have to say that to his children. He can treat them right, and he can deal with them the way Father deals with him. And now my parenting has become better because of the grace of God and the opportunity given to me. But it just shows you how amazing your and my mind is, that once something is in there, you've seen it, you've heard it, there's a path. And Jesus said, if it's the blind leading the blind, it needs to be uprooted. In other words, don't just deal with the fruit. You have to take the root of that thing out before that thing can truly die. So there's so many pathways that are not good that are there. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, I'm just not good with names? People introduce somebody, oh, man, I forgot his name. I'm so useless with names. I can never remember. What have you done? You've just established a pathway. And now every time somebody comes to introduce himself or you hear the word name, you don't think N-A-M-E. We don't think like that. You think of the context. Someone is called by this. 
So when someone comes to you and you ask, hey, my name is Rifle, and you ask, in your mind already, you're going through the thing about, I'm so bad with names. So they give you their name, and in your mind, your mind is saying, I'm not good with names. Forget this name right now. And you walk away, and two minutes later, he's like, hey, I just met this guy. What's his name again? Because you keep on saying, I'm so bad with names, I can't remember names. And there's a pathway that is set there. And now when you go to introduce yourself to somebody, it's saying in here, you can't remember, don't remember, you can't do this, this is not for you. Because that pathway is set. And now when you start reading the Bible, and you start understanding certain verses, and you look at it through the power of the mind that Jesus Christ gave you and I, you will read the word in a different manner. The word will not be able to just be read and say, oh, that's a nice story. But it's, oh, my goodness, he was saying this because he was saying that they acted like this. It's amazing. We did this verse last week, but we'll look at it again. You want to go a little bit further. We're going to look at Philippians 4 from verse 6 on. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm so poor, I don't have money, I'm poor, and then they win the lottery? Four or five years later, where's all that millions of dollars gone? I'm so poor, I don't know. I'm why? Doesn't matter how much money you have, if you keep on saying, and that thing is in your mind, I'm so poor, doesn't matter how many lotteries, it's, it's not me. Have you not read the people? There's statistics. People who win the lottery, so many of them, so many years later, are in prison because they try to steal money. Why? I'm so poor. I don't have. People standing on the corner of the street, please will you help me? I'm poor. Please will you help me? I'm poor. And you can give him a hundred bucks. And the next car that goes by, please will you help me? I'm poor. I'm poor. I'm poor. I'm poor. That pathway is set and you're just living out your poorness because of the pathway in your mind that you've turned back. So Philippians 4, we did this last week. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Then it goes on. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Is that just a good idea? Is that just God saying to Joshua, Joshua 1 verse 9, be courageous, meditate on my word, you will make your way prosperous. It's not God's. He gave a certain way that works. This is the way that works. Meditate on the word because now you're creating a pathway in your mind so that now you're strengthening. And every time you meditate on something which is good, just, anything that is pure, you're strengthening that. You're strengthening. So somebody said today, it doesn't matter what comes against you because your pathway is so set that God is good. God is good. Yeah, but you just lost this. God is good. How are you going to? God is good. Why did you get that powerful and so strong in your mind? Because I meditated the word. And I've set something in my mind. There's a pathway in my mind that cannot be changed. It cannot be moved. So on the negative side, it's strong. But on the positive, it's just as strong. Who makes the decision what pathway you want in your mind? You and I. Therefore, meditate on it. But it goes on. Then Paul says, the things which you learnt and received and heard and saw in me, do these. Wow. 
Can you imagine that? Can you get to a place where you can say, and it says in another book, another way, it says, like I follow Christ, you follow me. Can you and I say that about our lives right now? If you want to be close to God, if you want to walk close to God, you want to hear the Lord, follow me, do what I do. How many of us can say that? That's what God wants us to be able to do. That I can get to a place where I can say to Nathan, you want to know God? Look at Daddy. Look at Daddy's life. And when you do what Daddy does, you will know God just like Daddy does. How many of us can say that? If it's not, if we're not at that point, we need to change what goes on in our minds. We need to get to that point just like Paul, where he can say to all the churches, everyone around them, look at me like I follow God, you follow him. That he can come to a place that he can say, the things you've seen in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Can you imagine sitting in a, a dungeon and your feet are, are strapped in and they've, they've strapped you up and they've just beaten you to a pulp? And you're sitting with another guy there at midnight. And you've many of us might have been in that position. What would have come out of our mouths? What would we have said? What is the pathway that has been set here in our minds concerning Christ, concerning the path that he has for us? And this is why Paul can say, what you've seen me do, you do as well. So when they beat you to a pulp, lock you in the dungeon of a prison at 12 o'clock at night, you praise his name. Why? Because he's worthy and he's good. That pathway was so set. That pathway was so strong that no matter what came along his path, he is worthy of my praise. And we can get to that place as well. But many of us, maybe we would be there tonight and we'd be, <laughs> yo, bro, my back is killing me. I can stick my finger this deep in here. And Silas would have said, my wounds are deeper. Man, they beat me harder than they did you. Oh, you have no idea. They didn't do that. They didn't look at each other. They said, right, midnight. Midnight is not 11.59 to 12. Midnight in the Bible means an ending of one stage and the beginning of another. Because all the people in the prison there, because of the midnight experience that they had, there was a new stage in their life that was coming. You better believe that someone has to know something about God to be praising when they have gone through an ordeal like that. And you see somebody whose life is so out of control, things are happening and they can still say, God is good. God is good. And you would think, how is it possible that someone going through that can still say, God is good? Because my spirit, I'm one with him and my mind is so. There's a pathway in my mind that you cannot convince me any other way. And any seed that the enemy wants to bring to plant in my mind and create a new pathway, it's so hard and it's so set that it cannot take root. And that's to the point that we need to get to where we can always, no matter what happens, say God is good, God is in control. Because we spout out scriptures all the time, God before me, who can be against me? And then when things happen, you hear it in the church. Man, I was just so angry with God. Just being honest, man, I was angry. He knows my heart. Yes, he does. He does know your heart. 
but he's still the same God as what he was in the old covenant concerning he's the potter and you and I are the clay. And when we have something in here that allows us to say, I got so angry at God, it just means that you have now the right to say that he is wrong and you did nothing wrong. How dare he? And that's very prevalent in the church today. Wrong seed that has been placed in here. We should not even be able to conceive of a thought like being angry at God. Because if he is the same God that is, if God be for me, how can anybody be against me? How can I then be angry at him? Because of wrong seed, wrong pathways, wrong things that have sprouted up. So that when we hear that, it should be like, oh my goodness, that, that, that has no place in me because he is God. If we really believe that he cannot make a mistake, which he can't, he's God. How then can I even conceive of a thought like that? How can I even think of mentioning something that I was angry at God? It might come to your mind. The enemy would say, well, if God loves you, you wouldn't be. If he striped you, but that pathway is so set. No, that's not of him. He's good and he's got this. And I'm staying with him and he's staying with me. End of story. God is good. And that's where Paul was. He was at that place that he could physically do that because he was so close and one with Christ in everything that he did. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. Another two or three verses that we just use so easily. But with the idea of the mind and the neurological pathway that is set every time you say something, every time you speak a word. Let's look at these two verses. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. amazing death and life everything you speak creates either good or bad for you good fruit bad fruit whatever you choose to speak and you are going to eat the fruit of what you speak so so many people are not in a good place because of the words that come out of their mouth yesterday morning at the gym goodness gracious me this lady behind me she's got a personal trainer and the trainer is trying to help her I don't like to give people opinions or help. I didn't yesterday, but I was so close. I really had to just really walk away because everything was just, man, I'm so poor. My balance is so bad. I can't do this. Pick up the chair. Oh, this is so heavy. My back hurts. I have issues with my back when I was young. Okay, let's try that. Oh, that's too high. I can't stand up that every, every single thing. But she couldn't do any exercise. I don't know why she went to the gym. Bless your heart, I'm not being funny, but I mean, if you cannot, if somebody says, okay, listen, they're the trainer, they know what they're doing, bend down, the, I, I can't, I can't go that far, my hamstrings are so tight, I was born with tight hamstrings. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a lighter weight, just all and every single thing for the whole time I was doing deadlifts, this lady was next to me, and it was negative after negative after negative, and I thought to myself, man, 
because you just understand what has actually been in your life, what pathway you have took, and you are just living out that pathway. This is so bad, but I want you to try it. Didn't say anything. Not my place or my time. So death and life are in the power of the tongue because there's that thing in your mind, that pathway. And whatever you speak, and if it's not of God, and the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, you can change that out and start speaking what God wants by uprooting that plant, that seed, that fruit, and replacing it with the word, which never fails. He sent his word and he healed us. The word, meditate on the word day and night, because then you will make your way prosperous. That's your life. You and I have a part to play in it. We can't carry on just saying, well, I was just born like this. This is." There were a lot of things that happened to us, but it does not overtake the power of the word of God. A lot of us went through stuff. A lot of us had parents who were alcoholics and drug addicts and beat us and left us and were divorced and pathways were set and now we're acting out those pathways. But that pathway is not stronger than the word of God. If we do not like the place that we are in, we have the ability, we have the power, we have the strength, and we have the opportunity every single day to change it. We have been through some horrible stuff because there is a thing called the enemy. And he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But... Jesus came. Jesus came. And through his word, we can change the things that are not good or that are not working the way that they should. And that is what God has planned for each and you, for each and every one of us. That is why our minds are so powerful. That is why he's given you. Going back to that, I don't remember people's name. We have been given, 1 Corinthians, the mind of Christ. You think Jesus is battling to remember names? You think he's sitting up there in heaven? Man, God bless. <laughs> Gabriel, come here quickly. If Jesus is not battling, neither should we. If Christ has been made wisdom unto us, we should be able to recognize names. We should be able to do the things that we want to do. And people joke about this and think it's funny, but it's not. And people keep on saying, you know, when I get old, I won't even remember my old telephone number. Ha, ha, ha. It's not funny. Because when you get that age and you can't remember numbers, now you're really in a bind. And now I've been working out this stuff. I got God. You've just prophesied that over and over again. You've set a pathway there and God is saying, I've given you my mind. You can do all things through me who strengthens you. And people are lacking, people are falling behind because of wrong pathways, because of not knowing how powerful our mind and our words are. Can I get um, Okay, I'll just do this. Romans 4, 17. Let me close with that. Thank you, Lord. Romans 4, 17 and 18. Does Abram, how many kids does Abram have? Zero. Zero, nothing. He's old. His wife is old. In the natural, it's impossible to have any kids. But praise God, he's the God of the supernatural, okay? 
as natural as you are, when he puts his super on you, you become supernatural. Okay, so here's Abram, and God is wanting to get something through to him. God is showing him, look at the star, because everything you see, everything you hear gets stored in here. God's trying to change his vision. Look at the star, go outside, see if you can count them. Look at the sand, change what you're thinking, change what you're seeing in here. Abe still doesn't get it. He still doesn't get what God is trying to teach him. So God comes down and he says, okay, I'm now going to change your name. You're going to get this one way or the other. I'm changing your name. You are now called Abraham, a father of many, a father of a multitude. How many kids does Abram have? Zero. What does God call him? Father of many nations, a father of multitudes. While he had how many kids? Zero. Okay. So there may be no health in your body. There may be no money in your bank account. There may be no peace in your marriage. But what does God say? Whatever he says in the word about your marriage, about your bank, about your health, by his stripes you were healed. How much health do you have? None. What does God say? By his stripes you were healed. That's it. End of story. So here's Abram. So now he changes his name to Abraham without having any kids. It may seem ridiculous in the world's eyes, but believe me, when you have the kids, who's laughing now? So Abraham goes wherever he walks. He had so many servants in his house, and every time a servant would come, they would say, Father of many nations, where do you want me to dig that well? Father of many nations, where do we put the cows today? Father of many nations, where should we put the camels? Father of many nations, what should we do? Father of many nations, father of many nations. How many kids did he have? None. But he's getting a picture here. Father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many. He's changing the pathway in his mind. Father of nations, what should we eat today? Father of nations, father of nations. He's calling him this. They're calling, and he starts his own story. They change. And today he's called the father of the faith. Romans 4, 17, please, and 18. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead. God, who gives life to the dead. Your health may be dead. Your finances may be dead. Your peace may be dead. But God gives life to the dead. Okay, you choose to resurrect that thing through him or you choose to bury it. It's up to you. So God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. How do you call it as if it were? How do you call yourself healed but you can't walk? I'm healed. I don't have any money. I'm going to buy something for the church. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bless people. But you don't have any money. No, you don't understand. Keep on looking because it's going to change. Money's coming right now. As you're sitting there and not believing me, angels are getting money to me right now. You just watch and you look. Calling those things which be not as though they were. And you establish that path until the father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many nations carries on to contrary to hope. Another word says, another translation, where there was no hope. In hope, he believed. You may be in a circumstance where there's absolutely zero hope. No hope. Yet God's word will bring hope. And you can meditate on the natural or you can meditate on his word. So here's Abraham. In hope, he believed. So that. So that what? So that what God called him became. Who's laughing at Abe now? 
how many children does he have today? We're still today dealing with his children and generations because of him calling himself the father of many nations, changing what was in his mind, changing what was in the natural because he started saying about himself what God said about him. And he's our father of faith. And it doesn't matter what you may be facing right now. That's not the end. What this word says about everything is the end. That's why meditate on this. That's why think upon these things. That's why don't let your mind go anywhere else except what God says about that situation. And if God be for us, who can be against us? It's not a cliche. It's not a cliche. That's the truth. No matter what you are going through today, man, he is the answer. And the answer is in the word. He is the word. So that we can come out of a circumstance. Tiffany and I, testimony is so powerful because he's visiting something in your mind. And every time you revisit that, you strengthen it, you strengthen it, you strengthen it. Every single visa we had to get to come to America, every single one has been impossible. Where the lawyers phoned and they said to the elders of the church, you've got to tell Rifle and Tiffany they have to leave this country because they're not going to get their next visa. Every single one. The first visa, visitor's visa, to be able to come here, I should not have got because of my past and my record and all of that. That should not have happened. But now when the lawyers say your visa is not going to come, Tiffany and I go back to that pathway of testimony. You know what they said last time? They said this, look what happened. And when we visit that, it strengthens that pathway. And we visit that, that's there. So that now when they say it's not going to happen, we just say, God bless you. You do what you do. We pay you a lot of money. God will do what he does. Everything will be fine. Don't even have to pray about it anymore because I go and revisit the testimony. I'm strengthening that pathway. He did it that time. He did it then. He did it then. He did it then. He did it last year. He's a God that never changes. So he'll do it again. Who, who in here has received a healing for anything? You're not feeling well? Don't ask them to give you their testimony. So you revisit that past. Who has had money come to them that shouldn't have come? It was just a miracle. Don't speak to these people about My hands are up for everything, by the way. Because <laughs> when you listen to the testimony, you're revisiting something in your mind. And when you revisit, you strengthen. You strengthen. He did it before. He's going to do it again. There's no hope. No, his word is hope. And hope never disappoints. Let's get this mind to the place that we can walk out of those doors and say to anybody on the street, you want to know Christ? Live like I live. Do like I do. That's the place God wants us to get to. So that the world will not even have to talk. They can just look and they can say, wow, look at that. There is something happening over there. Your mind is so amazing because God gave it to you, and he does not make that. Let's read the word concerning the power that we have between our two loving hands because he has such an amazing power. Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you even for this time of just making it look at Thanksgiving again and what it means, Lord there is so much we have to be thankful for. In Jesus' name we pray.
you are on our side. We lift up your spirit, God, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of each and every one of us. He opens the word. He's the teacher. And Holy Spirit, we just decree that we have more faith in your ability to teach us things than we have faith in our ability to miss you. We decree that we hear your voice. We say that you call us by name and we hear when you call us. We know that you never stop chasing after us. You are always there. There is never a moment, no matter what it feels like, what it seems like in the natural, that you are not for us. You are not with us. You are not on our side, cheering us on, giving us the answer, leading us to the Christ Jesus. You are so good. And help us, Holy Spirit, to remind ourselves about that whenever any negative seed would want to come and find a place to grow in our midst, that we would say, no, there is no place for that because God would not grant that to us. We love you and we praise you. We bless you and we thank you for your goodness. We ask that you give your angels, Lord, charge over us as we walk, Lord, that they would carry us in their hands, protect us and bring us back next week to this house that we may glorify and worship and praise you once again. And all of this we ask, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much. If you need prayer, please come to the front. We would love to pray with you. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week. Um, very quickly, um, Pastor Victor is available for lunch, so if anybody wants to take him to lunch, I'll be here for, for violin lessons with my daughter from 12 to 2. So if anybody's interested in meeting with Victor today, you didn't want to take him to lunch, please come see us.